Hello and welcome to the final episode of season one of the Relationship Matters podcast. I'm your host, Katie Churchman, and I'm pleased to announce that we will be back with a second season at the start of September. And with that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. In the show notes, you can find a link to a short survey where you can give us your thoughts and feedback about the show and let us know which topics you'd like us to be talking about in season two. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing your thoughts. In the season one finale, Marita Fridchon and I are talking about meeting the system. How can we make sure we're meeting the people in front of us as they are in the present moment? When we're coaching, it can be all too easy to presume we know who we're talking to, particularly with longer term engagements. So each and every time we meet a system, how can we try to see it with brand new eyes so our preconceptions and past experiences don't cloud our vision of what's really there? So without further ado, here's episode 15 of the Relationship Matters podcast, Meeting the System with Marita Fridchon. Lovely to have you back on the show, Marita. So I'm interested today in talking about reading the room. So reading the room and really talking to who's in front of you, whether that's on a Zoom call or in person in a a coaching session or a workshop. How do we go about doing that without taking in our own agenda or perception of who they are? Thanks, Katie. You and I talked a little bit in the past already about reading the emotional field and sensing what's going on in the room. My sense when you're talking about this is that we're looking at something different. It really is in coaching, we're talking about, we hold the client's agenda. That's what we coach. We're uploading their brilliance. When in systems work, we talk about nested systems and there is not a single solitary event or place where we don't have a nested system in front of us, even when it's an individual, because there's many different voices with opinions about the same things. So I think the complexity is seeing one group of people, but not recognizing always that who and what are the nested systems. And then how do we go find out more about that? Because that'll give us a better view of who we have in front of us. Could you explain for our listeners what you mean by a nested system? Because that might be a new term for some people. Yeah, when we're thinking about, you know, both of us are sitting in the US at the moment. And when we think about the entire movement that is around Black Lives Matter, the systemic racism, the, all the different ways in which we express that. So the US, to some extent, is while that systemic racism or privilege that people don't deserve and other people don't get even when they are equal, that piece is a global piece. However, their agendas may be similar, but also very different. When we then make it a global call and we have folks from the UK, their experience of the systemic privilege have undertones that's very similar but it expresses in a different way. So I think that's the piece that in a time like this is a particular challenge for us as coaches as well as leaders, because we're not just talking when we do team coaching, we're not just talking to one team. Mm. There are different groupings within that team. Or as a leader, there are different 
if you want to simplify departments, you know, represented in an executive team meeting, for example. So whose agenda are we working with at any given moment in time? And how do we don't collapse the agenda? So I think that's the complexity that comes with systems that have nested systems that are functioning in an interdependent way. So how do we go about uncovering that when we're in the room? Because I imagine it's quite hard to sometimes see these systems until you're, you're with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the, our training in RSI and Organizational Relationship Systems Coaching, there's a tool that we use that we talk about doing lands work. It really is whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it, just call lands for now, uh, because it is about breaking down silos and creating across systems or nested systems information and awareness. So there's a really simple way that from a systems-inspired leadership perspective, when I go into a meeting, I can, even if I just ask the simple question as we start the meeting, what's happening in your world today? Just everyone just speak either personally or from the role or the department that you represent. What's happening in your world at the moment? That begins to give me a sense of cohesion and where are some of the players in very different places from others. That's the beginning of hearing the system and sensing the system. That's one example. The other example that we often see these days when we are doing virtual work is how when we are on a call, there are some people that are on camera and we can see them. There are other people that's on camera, but they put a picture on. And there are other people that are not on camera, they're on the phone. Those are three very different nested systems. So if I, as a presenter, say put things in the chat box, I'm speaking to the system that actually are sitting in front of a computer that can see the chat box. I am not talking to the people that are on a phone and they can't see the chat box. So unless I also invite in the chat box or out loud. That begins to address both systems. Otherwise, I marginalize one system, and that's the experience of systemic privilege, is that there's always a group that feels and are marginalized. So for me, during this time, it's something that's gotten really pushed to the foreground for me to know who am I speaking to when I'm talking to a group or when I'm talking to you or when I'm talking to somebody else, because my, uh, there's an assumption that I know, but that's not always correct. So a simple question like what's happening in your world at the moment gives us an access point and begin to speak to diversity as well. So would you say the check-in is crucial and it's important that that happens before the agenda so that we can really see who's there? I think so, Katie. It's a great question because I think that plays into what we're talking about uh, in RSI or relationship systems intelligence, the three iterative stages or phases of systemic work is that there is a place where we meet. And the check-in question is a good example of meeting. And then there's a stage of revealing when we begin to talk about the agenda and what we need to share, what we need to talk about. And then there's a third stage that is about align and act. But it's iterative. So literally, even when I have an agenda and I come into a meeting uh, with a leadership hat on, or I come on a call with a presenter hat on, there is an agenda. 
we have a timeline, we have a whatever it is. But until I've met that system, until I've met the team, until I've I don't know. So that's a place of meeting. And you see it in, in virtual work as well. Put something in the chat box in terms of what's happening for you today. Or so there's, there's different ways to do it, but it's a very simple thing actually, but we miss it. We make assumptions that I know who's there. It's the scary part as well, because it's easier to sort of bulldoze them with your agenda or what you think their agenda is. And actually meeting them with where they are might bring up stuff that you're not sure about. I think, yeah, I think it's a, a particular challenge for us as, it's, it's a challenge for everybody. But when we think from a coaching perspective, my coaching hat on, I worked with a team last week. So I know what we did last week and I know what we said we will do this week. But between last week and today has been seven different days with 1,200 different events in each life of that team. So it, I'm not, who I meet today is not the same as who I left last week. So it's that piece, including me, including me. It's not just the makeup of the group. It's the makeup of the individuals within that group. Exactly. Exactly. And those are the nested systems within. Because, again, if we're talking about the first system itself, then if I've got a team of seven, I've actually got seven teams, not just one team, because there are seven people with their own inside teams and their own inside players. And that's some of the voices that I need to hear and find out. Those are not always aligned on the agenda that we're going to be addressing. Gosh. So that's the complexity. piece. The complicated piece is I've got a team of seven. The complexity, not actually. I've got a team of seven that has their own personality so that's a separate piece. And each one of them have their own teams inside that they are attending the meeting with. Gosh, that's complicated. So, <laughs> that's complicated. There's, there's so many different agendas. So that's where I think it's so important to pay attention to the being side of things. Just from a neuroscience perspective as well, it really is, it's that being side that helps sets the relationship tone from which we can create different efficacy. If we immediately go to strategy and the doing, we often go slower than if we'd gone the other way. Yeah. I was just trying to do the math there on how many systems there might be. <laughs> and then you think about all the systems that those individuals then meet and it's, it's infinite. And it, it is actually. Is yeah. that why then we have to go with our gut instinct? I don't know if you, you like that term, but is that why we have to go in with that intelligence as well because we can't really plan out every possible scenario well i think we can plan uh, because that prepares us differently that allows us to rehearse mm -hmm. certain outcomes and that will impact but i think that whatever it is that we planned prior may need to be revised as we are meeting what's really there. Yeah. So, and again, you know, there's so many examples in our everyday life situations at the moment. If you just think during the COVID pandemic time, uh, last week, just use that imaginary team. When I met the team, everybody was healthy or his families were healthy. This week, there are two people in the team where one is, a, actually, this is true. One is a school principal and three of the kids that is in his class were tested positive. So he's now in quarantine and there's a conversation about that's a very different individual showing up to that meeting where we have a business agenda that's clear, 
but it's a very different team player showing up given what is happening out there. So unless we all have some information about what's happening in our worlds without diving into it, but just have that human understanding, oh, that's why that expression on the face, because we make things up. Uh, and it is complex. And I guess we're not the same person who shows up to that session. No, you and I just shared a, a positive experience that happened to me just before I came on the call. And that single experience that was a brilliant discovery on the side of a colleague brought me to this call with a different lightness from what I had prior to that. So we are so unpredictable and we keep on forcing one another into the frozen frame of predictability. It's that unpredictability that helps us prototype, make new things up. And it's confusing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's what we were saying, I think, in um, a previous episode about learning, learning the language of coaching, learning the tools, having some ideas, but also being prepared to dance in the moment, improvise with what's there. Yes, yes, yes. And that's scary. That's not easy. Yeah, and every now and again, the topics get even more threatening. So when I have been on several calls where the topic is about Black Lives Matter and people will talk about a model with which that can be approached, that's great, but what I notice on the call is how people are hungry to express and just talk about it. Because one of the things that Ani Mandel talks about is that we need to sit in the fire together. And sometimes sitting in the fire may mean that, uh, like he says, sitting in the fire, we need to burn our wood. And burning the wood means there's a ventilation, there's an expression that needs to happen. And we need to be able to listen. So how do I change my agenda that is of a training in models, how to work this, to meeting the team or the group that's the audience to where they actually are now that needs to ventilate and talk? It's two different things, but I can't do the learning until we've done the meeting that actually is working with where it is now. That's the piece that I'm so aware of, that nine out of 10 times we think we know who we're going to be meeting with but it may not be the system that we thought it was. Mm. And how do, I, how do I make that adjustment? So is it possible that sometimes the whole session turns into a meeting? Yes, and know that, I don't know, put any percentage to us, but Mandel sometimes talk about that up to 19% will be dissatisfied with what happens. Because we also have, when you talk about the complexity of systems that's in front of us, there are people that are the leapers and the creators. Okay, what are we going to do? But while the process is happening, you can't plan and process at the same time. So that's why the align and act piece is so important. So we need to meet and then we need to reveal what, what all is going. But then we also need to be able to pause and go, okay, between now and the next time, what can we do? It really is back to that, what is it that each one of us have locus of control over to execute? Uh, so sometimes we do have to interrupt the burning of the wood and the ventilation because we also have to create something from it because otherwise everybody is 
frustrated in different ways. Yeah, because... Again, complexity. I was thinking it could be very easy to get stuck in the meeting place if something yes. really new and different arises. And that might not necessarily help anyone in the long term. I'm going to make a broad generalization, but I think coaches sometimes, our weak spot is that we are so relational that we spend a lot of time meeting and even revealing. So I think that's a place that we as coaches need to pay attention that we don't have a blind spot. When I put my consulting hat on, I think that our weakness is that we sometimes don't meet enough because we go in with information of what needs to change. And I I realize that I hopelessly collapse these two things. But if I just think from a professional categorizing different pieces, I think there are, there are hotspots for each one of us. So, but who's the, what is the agenda and who is in front of me? Mm. I think it's a big question. So it's a, it's a different conversation when I'm in a conversation about Black Lives Matter with a group that really knows what it's like to be held as incompetent, not good enough, different. It's a very different agenda from sitting with the white people that have their own very different agenda. And sometimes I think there's more work that we need to do that is, whether it's the people of color or black people can work with their own experience, with whites observing and paying attention and learning. And then there's the reverse as well, that white people may need to sit and do their own work with people of color sitting around and learning. And then there's a very different exchange uh, that can happen afterwards. But you can feel how it's the same agenda essentially, but our experience and the come from place from it for it is also very different. Yeah. And how do, we, how do we honor both and all of it? Yeah, it's complex. And, and there's so much importance, as you say, there's richness in meeting the system, but also it's important but you don't just stay there for the whole session because otherwise things don't happen. Yes. Nothing gets yes. done. Yes. Meet. Again, the, for me, this, it's, a, it's a very shallow example. But when I think about meet, reveal, and align, and act, there's something about when you go in a restaurant before everything was locked down, the waitress or waiter will seat you, will meet you, mm-hmm. put the menus down in front of you and go away. And then we'll come back and, you know, so they've revealed the menu a little bit, but then come back with our specials for the evening is, and that's more revealing. But if we just sit in that meeting conversation and just revealing what's on the, on the menu, we're never going to get food. <laughs> but at some stage we need to align an act and go, okay, I will have that. He's going to have, she's going to have, that's a line and act. Yeah. So then we can, it's, it's a very simple example, but that is how every single engagement, I think that we have with anybody, if we can keep, just keep, where are we now? Are we still meeting? You and I are revealing some stuff at the moment. And if I look at what's the align and act, then the question for me is how would, how would I, how would you, how would we create a line and act from this conversation? What would be the place that we can go with it that is more action? Maybe putting it out as a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) That's the cheap, that's the, you're cheating, you're cheating. Um, Yeah, that would be one, a line and act would be one uh, with whatever edits needs to happen. 
For me, again, it would just be the invitation for everybody to truly watch people's responses. Listen for the intonation. Listen for that. See the system, hear the system, sense what's happening in order to understand who is the system that I have in front of me. And if there are three or four, who really is pushing to be heard first? That's that piece that... For me, it's a spiritual practice daily because I can tell you how many times I go in. I know who I'm going to be meeting and I know what they're going to say. Nonsense. You're making me think that, that maybe there's a stage before meet where you take a moment to meet yourself, to check in there. Because right now we're on Brilliant. back-to-back Zoom calls, right? And we're going to be a different person at 4 p.m. than we are at 9. Brilliant. I think that's really, really good uh, because, the and again, who I have in front of me is so different between back-to-back Zoom calls. Yeah. Very different. So how do I learn to become more agile in rapidly switching to meet this system mm. in order to have this conversation, in order to create a line and action from that, which is very different from what comes after or what went before. So you've got to meet yourself first and then you meet the system and then all the other stuff follows. That's right. Something like that. I like to, it's true. I've always assumed that meeting with self, that's actually the, that's great. So I'm going to take that away. That's an align and act piece for me coming from you. Me too. Meet with your align act. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Meet me, meet the system, reveal align and act. Yeah. Cool. It like sounds that. simple, like but it's so much harder than we make I it. I know. It takes, it takes awareness. That's what I'm saying. It's like a spiritual practice, regardless of what spirituality you are thinking of. But it really is a practice of awareness. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, daily uh, practice. Daily practice. Thank you, Marita, as always. Thank you. Great conversation, as always. Thanks again for listening to the Relationship Matters podcast. Here are my key takeaways from this episode. A check-in at the start of a coaching session is an incredibly quick and easy way to meet your clients where they are in the present moment. The system you're working with will always be different. Take time to check in with yourself before a session so that you know what you're bringing into that session. Let's meet me, see how I'm doing, and then meet the client and find out how they're doing. As I mentioned in the intro, This is the last episode of season one, but we will be back in September with a second season. So before we take a short break for the summer, I want to say a huge thank you to you for your support. And if you do have a few minutes to spare, we'd really appreciate it if you could fill out the short survey in the show notes. Let us know what you'd love us to be talking about in season two. From the boardroom to the living room, we believe relationship matters.